Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On this week's episode, I welcome in Chuck Downs, who is the founder of Downs Consulting, creator of the course Epic Life Secrets, and a peak performance coach for successful entrepreneurs and top financial advisors. You know, and Chuck shares a lot of this journey um, in our interview, but he spent the first 25 years of his career as a certified financial planner. And as much as he loves financial planning, he shares a lot how he loves helping people find their purpose and fulfill their potential. So in 2017, he retired from financial services to live his dream of helping people create an epic life. And we talked through a lot of the ups and downs he went through, a lot of those learning lessons, a lot of the personal development journey he was on, which has in turn helped him uh, work with various individuals um, to live this epic life, as he calls it. So really excited to get into this episode. Um, I hope you guys have some great takeaways. So without further ado, my chat today with Chuck Downs. Let's get it started. Chuck, awesome to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Uh, Brian, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I have a few different topics written down here I think will be valuable for, again, a lot of folks listening in, trying to get started on their own journey, maybe looking to navigate certain things. I I thought we'd start, and and it's more just my curiosity as I do research on stuff. Um, You went from financial planning to coaching. Yep. There's some transition you decided to make there. I'm wondering if you can start out and just share, was there some like breakthrough aha moment that happened for you to say, I'm going to leave this, you know, you're, you're in it for 25 years or was it a slow burn progression? Like how did you actually make the switch uh, from, cause that's a, that's a, that's a big career switch. Yeah. And it's not one that many people do. I mean, 25 years in finance, you typically stay in finance, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're over to the, the halfway point, but um Man, when I when I was new, brand new, I mean, right out of college, starting out in that industry, I had a really, really difficult start, and uh, and it was a personal development book that that I happened upon, that really turned my career and really my life around. Um, and at that point, I just became a personal development junkie, and I just loved this stuff. And so, in all my free time, it was you know I was in workshops and and seminars and retreats and reading books and listening to tapes and, you know, and all that good stuff. And, uh, and then I, I, uh, when I was 28 years old, I decided to make the jump and it was time. And I went to my managing partner and I quit. And (laughs) he was a, he was a better sales guy that day than I was, Brian. He convinced me that, you know what, Chuck, you can, you know, you can be a, a coach and you can do speaking here in the industry. And, and, and he laid out the path on how I could do that. So at 28 years old, what I really felt like I was being called to do, um, I had someone that, that convinced me that I was misreading it. Now, again, he, he was doing that with, you know, with all sincerity. And he really, and look, everything is as it should be. Um, but at 28 years old was when I really, you know, got the courage to at least try to quit. And then, yeah, look, it only took me another 19 years to actually do it. Um, but I, I've loved the personal development, I, I, and I did. I started coaching my clients um, in, as a certified financial planner. A lot of the majority of my time was spent you know, really talking about their life, not just finance. And then I started a, an organization uh, in 02, uh, a financial planning firm, and, and you know, grew it to, to Pretty, pretty large number of, of financial advisors. And that's what I did with them was the coaching. But as, as that firm grew and the bigger we got, the less and less time I was spending on the coaching and the more and more time I was spending on 
you know, on the finance aspect, which was just not something I liked it, but I didn't love it. What was the book that you read? Uh, See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar. Uh, Zig Ziglar. Yeah. 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 It was uh, uh, one night I'm, I'm sitting in the floor of the, the $200 a month furnished room that I was renting at 22 years old. And I was a few months into that career and, and, and it was commission only. You actually had business expenses that came along with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few months in, I had no clients, <laughs> no real prospective clients. And my savings were almost gone. And I just, you know, no desire to ask mom and dad to bail me out. I'm sitting in the floor of that room and, and I got this pile of bills in front of me and this the little pile over here that I can pay is the big pile over here that I can. And I was stressed and I was scared. And, and, you know, really the big problem though, was I was taking rejection personally. My confidence was really running low and I just sat in that floor and I cried for a while. And whenever I, whenever I stopped crying, again, it was a furnished room. I was renting. I looked up and there's a bookshelf and, and a book with a red arrow on the spine jumped out. I picked up that book and started reading it. And that, that, uh, that night was a game changer for me. You remember, cause obviously Zig very well known, right? Especially from a sales standpoint, what, uh, was there one thing in particular that really stuck out? I would tell you there were three. One was uh, his philosophy. You can get anything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. The second thing that stuck out was uh, we become what we think about. And the third thing was you've got to have a vision. And so that night, Brian, I wrote my first vision. And it was simple. It, it, I mean, you might guess, you know, I didn't have any money. So it was all about money. And, and the, 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 the vision was I helped four families secure eight policies a month and I earned $50,000 a year. And I would, I would wake up and I would read that vision. I would see it. I would feel it as if it were real. And every time that, you know, that, that the nose got to be too heavy, I would just pull out that vision. I would read it, see it, feel it as if it were real. And look, it didn't turn around overnight. I mean, I, I was at that point, I was putting, uh, gas in my car from change from my change jars, and I was eating pasta and canned tuna every day. Um, but you know, but but at some point, I, I had a guy that finally said yes to my proposal, and um, and you know, and and he, you know, felt like this curse was broken. And then in the insurance side of things, you know, people can change their mind, and that's what happened. The guy, when the nurse showed up a week later, he said he changed his mind. He didn't want the life insurance, and so it was like this all that fear came crashing back down on me. And it was like, you know, I I should just move back home to Clinton, Mississippi, away from Memphis, get a job with a salary and and be able to pay my bills. And, um, and it's, uh, I don't know how long I sat with that, but man, at some point I pulled out the vision. I read it. I saw it. I felt it again. And the next day I had another guy that said yes. And he ended up going through and completing his medical and he became my first client. And I had no way of knowing it at that time, but, but that was week one um, of 416 consecutive weeks of submitting business. Uh, and my first year in the business, I, I, I got 48 new clients. I sold 92 policies and I earned a little over 50,000, not 51, a little over 50,000. I mean, almost exactly what that vision had been. And, you know, more important than that, though, really, you know, what happened was, was I realized that, you know, that, that if we allow fear to drive us, you know, and if we allow what other people think and other people's opinions and our environment to drive us, then we are slowly and painfully killing our power, our power, our passion, and, 
and in, in, in our purpose that I think God put us here to do. So it was that power of the vision. You know, I don't think there's anything more important than, than really the power of purpose and the power of vision. Well, and, and you'd mentioned earlier about the the confidence you got, you know, not taking the rejection, you know, so personally. And and it comes down to the mindset, you know, this is one thing I've learned the hard way. It's like, if you, if you convince yourself that you're not good enough, well, you're probably not going to be good enough. But if you think you can do it, if you think you can achieve, then you're going to be on a positive path to, uh, to that fulfillment, you know? really interesting how that works it's so true and you know if you you know if you even look at the science aspect of it because whenever you know i i mean you can imagine 22 years old you had you know you're you're almost like down and out and it's like um you know you have this success you want to share it you want to you know yell it from the mountaintops and and i had a lot of people and they were like oh that's just positive thinking you know and and intuitively i knew it was more than positive thinking because with with positive thinking you've got to think about it you know, and what I did, it, it changed who I was. It changed how I thought. It changed how I felt. And, you know, and if you look at science today, you know, you, you look at, look, if you've got fear, if you're afraid of something, then your body is, your brain is releasing the norepinephrine, the cortisol, and the adrenaline. And that has a negative effect on your brain and your body. And if you're, if you're, if you're feeling the feelings of success or happiness or, or confidence, then your body's releasing dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphin has a completely different effect on your brain and your body. And so, you know, people that will, that will tell you and I, oh, that's just positive thinking, or, you know, that's just mindset BS. Well, no, that's not, you know, that's not all it is. It's science. You know, our body absolutely responds to the emotions and the thoughts that we have. And if we're not driving those, if we're not dictating them, then we're leaving it up to chance, you know, or we're leaving it up to to, you know, past programming, present pain, or, you know, or fear of the future, which is a bad way to go through life. Yeah. Well, if, if I can kind of skip ahead a little bit, or at least keep talking about a little bit about your journey, because you'd mentioned, you, you know, it took you 19 years after that discussion to kind of move forward. So you did some things on the side, it seemed, how did you, um, how did you juggle the, or was it all kind of under the umbrella of that financial, you know, planning, if you will, or were you able to do, did you have some these side hustles? Is that what you were kind of building on the no, side? I, I, you know, look with in, in the finance world, you can't have side hustles. You know, you gotta, that's called an OBA an outside business activity. And that's really frowned upon. Um, so with, with my clients that would become financial planning clients, you know, you're asking them about, you know, what, what's most important to them personally, professionally, and financially. And so whenever I would learn what was important to them personally and professionally, I would just, you know, I would coach them along and I would give them advice and I would give them feedback and I would help them track their goals and, and, you know, and I would hold them accountable to that. Um, so it was, you know, it was just really part of my overall service, if you will. I wasn't getting paid for it. Um, but it was just the service that I gave my clients. And then whenever I started the, uh, the, the, net, the district network office in 2002, mm-hmm. um, you know, bringing in new advisors and, and, and developing them, it was the same thing. It was just, you know, if, if all you do is, is, you know, help someone professionally or if you, all you do is help someone financially, that's fine. But, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that most people – you know, I mean, they can get sales training, they can get industry knowledge, they can get, you know, the technology to, to help them. 
but really where they struggle is, is what I would say is really success in life. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, is our lives are really being driven by the consistency of our choices. And the four most important choices we're making is our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and our words. And most people don't know how to overcome disempowering thoughts, inconsistent actions, harmful feelings, and limiting language patterns that are holding them back. So I would just take that and I would help them, you know, whether it was the advisors that I had, whether it was our, our team of support staff that, 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 that worked with us, or whether it was my clients. So I was doing it all along. I was just never getting paid for it. And my 30s, I absolutely loved. I mean, I just, I loved my 30s. And then I woke up in my 40s and it was like, oh, you know, again, such a small sliver was really spent on, on what I loved, which is helping people fulfill their potential. And 90% of it was on compliance and wealth management and finance and, you know, just all this stuff that I didn't enjoy doing, running a, a large organization. And, um, and so I made, you know, I made the decision that, look, I just, I can't, I, I, I'm not going to do this for another 20 years. And, uh, and, and in February of, of 2017, I, I retired from the industry and took some time off and went and traveled the world, which I'd never really done. And I came back and, you know, and started coaching and speaking and, and it's just, you know, it was just, it was really cold Turkey, man. Hmm. Why, uh, why February, 2017? Why not 2016, 2015, 2014? Like what was there something about th- like something built up inside you or something you were able to, to move the, the chess pieces down the, the board? What, what was the, the, the deciding factor, if you will? In, uh, in February of 2017, I went to a Joe Dispenza retreat and at that retreat, uh, it really became clear because he, you know, you dive way in deep to what's the world that you want. Um, and I really, I made the decision that that the world that I was in was not the world that I wanted. Um, and I made the decision that, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping. And whenever I got back, just things lined up and it was perfect timing. And, and I jumped and haven't looked back. That's, uh, that's awesome. Hey, sometimes you need that. So you've had the, the book, you had the, the, you know, the conference or event, like, so, so some of these things have sparked you more serendipitously, right? You know, kind of um, to get you in order, which, which happens in life, right? Nothing's kind of planned out for the most part. You know, you, I mean, I, I think, I mean, we, we can certainly plan a lot, but you've also got to look for the signs and what, you know, and you've got to stick to the intuition and whenever it feels right, you got to know, look, it, this is the time. Um, and just things, I mean, it's funny how things line up, just certain things line up. And if you read the signs, you know, then, you know, look, this is the path that I'm supposed to be on. And, you know, if we, if we stick too much to, to the brain, you know, the thinking, you know, and, and not going into the heart and, and going into the intuition, then, you know, then, then it's easy to misread the signs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so what are, um, I, I want to talk a little about obstacles, you know, kind of holding most folks back um, from getting started. May, and maybe it starts by you sharing, like, what were the obstacles you had to go through? Maybe it was, was it more mentally or from a physical standpoint, but what obstacles to get you started with from a coaching side? What were some things you had to endure to actually get that business spun up and, and get going? Well, <laughs> um, you know, one thing was just the people around me. I mean, no one, no one leaves business like that. You know, I mean, how can, you know, who are you? I mean, and I, 
you know, I heard it from people. I mean, I heard it from, um, from my former spouse, uh, who, who was still on the payroll at that point. Uh, you know, and we've got three, three teenagers at that point. And she's like, you know, have you, you know, this is your, um, midlife crisis. You need to, you need to rethink this. And I, I had the other people that would call me people that I cared about. And they're like, dude, you know, have you lost your mind. I mean, what are you doing? And so certainly the environment, the people around me, there were people that, that really, you know, they were concerned and, and, you know, and, and, you know, thought that I was having a breakdown or something. Um, and, you know, and, and then, um, and then it's, look, it's, it's, it's the actual math of it, right? I mean, you know, a 25 year career, you've got a certain level of income that's just guaranteed coming in month in and month out and to walk away from that. Um, it's scary, you know, so it, 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 it's the, it's the environment that you have to overcome. It's the fear of, can I actually recreate this? I mean, you know, I'd be lying if I told you that I didn't have doubts of who am I to become a, a coach? Who am I to become a speaker? You know, why me? Um, and, you know, and that plays with you. But again, it, it's your vision. It's your dream. It's your purpose. Um, and you just got to have a belief in yourself. You know, and you don't listen to the naysayers. And, and you've, you've got to quiet in the, the, those voices that are in your own head saying you can't do it. You're not good enough, you know? And, 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 you know, it was like that whenever I was 22 years old, starting out in financial services, it was like that at 27 years old, whenever I moved from Memphis to Miami, Florida to start all over again. I mean, people were saying at that point, what are you nuts? I mean, no one leaves a five-year successful career and relocates, especially not, from Memphis to Miami, you know, you talk funny and, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. And then, you know, and then fast forward a couple of years later in 2002, whenever I went from being just a, a producer in the industry to a producer and I signed a, you know, a lease on a, you know, a couple of thousand square feet of office space. I hired extra staff people. Why would you take that risk? You know, and then you move to a bigger office and a bigger and, and then, you know, and then it's, you know, I mean, it's just all these decisions that we make and, and you've, you, I think you have to know what do you want in life? You know, what do you want? You know, do you, is this the path that you're going to be happy with? And, you know, and if you can't connect the dots and see where, okay, in five years, 10 years, 20 years, looking back to the day, I'm going to be happy staying where I am, then you got to jump, you know, and you got to get started. You know, and, and it's just, it, it's making that decision and you've got to have a belief in yourself. And if you don't have that belief in yourself, then you can create that belief in yourself by creating a really clear vision and knowing your purpose. I mean, for me, I knew that my purpose was to help people fulfill their potential. And I did that for a while, you know, as a financial planner, but I couldn't do it to the very best of my ability because you know, because I was, I was hindered by my time constraints. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I knew eventually it would work out and look at, you know, there were some scary times here, you know, when you see, you know, your, 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 your savings, your investments going down, 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 because you're, you know, you're living on it, you know, but you just, you gotta, you gotta put it all on black. You can just walk in or red or whatever color you want to put it on, but man, you got to bet on yourself. And and it's worked. And I'm so grateful. I'm so honored. I'm so humbled by it. 
But that's, I think that's the way the universe works. And I think that that's the way that God has this thing set up is, you know what, whenever you bet on yourself and you don't leave yourself any other options, but to succeed, you will succeed, you know? And, um, you know, this, I mean, this has been a very interesting year. Um, and when this whole, you know, the whole COVID thing started, it was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm traveling around a lot, giving a lot of talks and workshops and seminars, what's going to happen. And, you know, and, and we pivoted and, you know, and again, I say this with humility and grace and a lot of, of, of concern for other people, but every single month, every single month this year, the revenues increase, um, and, you know, and again, it, it's, it's, you got to bet on yourself and you got to believe in yourself. And let's go back to what Zig Ziglar says. You can get anything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And so I have put all of my energy this year on helping other people get what they want. And, and it's worked out and it continues to work out and it will continue to work out. And it will for every single one of your listeners, whenever they bet on themselves, whenever they take that step, whenever they get started, and whenever they put the, the attention on how can I help other people get what they want, everything works out. Are, are there things you found, because everyone's situation is different, right? Some folks maybe don't have money saved in the bank. They can't, you know, they have wife and kids and they feel that maybe they're the only income. Like, are, is there any advice you'd share of, of how they would get started, any practices they can do to at least get out of the, the gate. They might not be able to rip the bandaid off, but at least get out of the gate. Anything you found that's worked or maybe working with clients has worked. Well, let, let me, let me share this. So, you know, from 2002 until, until um, 2017. So for 15 years, I recruited and developed financial advisors to leave their careers and come into a career of financial services where they could have an unlimited income. Um, and, and they were really driving their own destiny. So many, 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 actually probably 90 plus percent of them, I mean, did not have three months of living expenses that they could rely upon. And so they had to get out of the gates early. And so the same advice that I gave them during that time, I would give anyone in starting out any business is you got to have a plan, you know, and, and what's your deliverable you know, how are you going to help other people get what they want? You got to know who your, your prospective clients are and you got to work your ass off to get in front of those people. Um, and you got to reach out and you got to work. And most people that don't make it in anything is because they just didn't take that first step. They didn't go after. I mean, you and I were talking, you know, ahead of time before we started recording about you getting Seth Godin to come onto this show. And I said, man, how did you do that? And you said, I emailed him and, and I asked. And so it's like, we've got, you know, if, if, if you know what you want, what's the service that you want to provide, and then you've got your prospective client, it's just a matter of how many, you know, for every X number that you reach out to, one's going to become a client. You just got to make sure that that X is, is you're just hitting it multiple times throughout the day. Um, and you got to believe in yourself. Um, I think if I would have had half the savings that I would have been, you know, at the level of, of, of success I am today, just sooner because I would have had to, you know, and I think that that's true with, with everyone is you just got to figure out what it is and, and, and you got to go after it. So I, I hope that helps. I feel like I, you know, I'm not sure that was a coherent plan, but you know, know, know what your service is, 
know who your your clients are and then know what you have to give in exchange to get a client and you got to do it at a very very high rate yeah well i think the 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 sum up in one word is is planning so you you don't make the decision say you know tomorrow i'm just gonna go quit my job and whatever it's putting the time in maybe it's for a couple hours a week just kind of thinking through putting okay what am i going to do for a year from now all right let's work backwards and figure out okay, how many calls do I have to make or how many people do I have to reach out to or what is the structure of the program I'm putting together? All that stuff, you can kind of start building that on the side. And then when you, and, and now you said you probably couldn't do it because, you know, the way the financial planning or services industry is, but for most folks like myself, like I can do some side hustles. I can kind of work to build some things until I see it take off. Um, and, 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 and by the way, I think partly, and, and this gets lost sometimes in these episodes, so I'm just going to say it, is like that some, some folks, a lot of folks want to work for a company and they want that security and, and they're happy with that, but they want some other things to do on the side. I, I'm big on what are those other things? And, and we'll go into purpose a little bit. Like, what are those other things? You might just do those on the side and that gets you enough fulfillment to do your full-time role that's, that's paying you a, a salary or whatever. Nothing wrong with that. So nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I've, I've got a handful of people that, that I've, you know, kind of shared, you know, how I got the coaching and speaking business off the ground and, and several of them have, you know, they've made the jump and they did exactly what you said is, is they had the side hustle. And so they built it up to the point that they had testimonials, they had their website, they had a funnel built, you know, to bring prospective clients in. They knew, you know, they had people paying them, you know, they knew that they could do it. They knew that it was working. And then it was, you know, now it's time to jump. And then they can quickly with that extra time, then they could quickly build up their revenue. Uh, if I would, you know, if I would not have had the savings and investment built up, then, you know, then I would have planned a lot more for it. But it would just, you know, it just, I, I, I did have the luxury of, of, you know, of just jumping. Um, and, you know, of taking some time off. But, you know, I mean, I'd worked, you know, I mean, I, I graduated college on May 18th. I began working full time uh, on the 20th of May. So, I mean, I just, I was always a worker. I mean, I had my first job, you know, job cutting yards at 12 years old, you know, and I worked from 12 until 47, almost nonstop. Um, and, and so uh, it, it was, it made sense for me to do that. I think what you're saying is, is absolutely true. Have a plan, you know, get the side hustle going and then, whenever you, you know, whenever it's the right time, but most, most people, and I think you would agree with this. Most people, they, they wait longer than they could. I would, I would probably agree with that. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, you know, cause I, I look at this myself, you know, I go through this is, is it the fear? Is it, you know, thinking I need more in the bank than I do? You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that go through my head. You know, and that, and and that's I think part of the struggle and part of those obstacles we talked about, kind of overcoming. And you kind of at some point have to have that you know that talk with yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you know, it's if I don't rip the bandaid off, if I don't get going, I kind of like five years can go by, and maybe I have less happiness because life's short as it is. You know, something I I think about all the time, probably way more than you know maybe I should, but I don't know. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, you know, if, if, um, a lot of my buddies that, that are still in the industry, you know, if, if, 
in any financial advisor, probably if they would have seen, okay, this is, this is how long it's going to take you to replicate your income. And this is how much, you know, you're going to lose quote lose in, in savings and investments. You know, you're wrecking your retirement at 60. You can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd, right? I mean, who says, you know, I mean, would I rather work another 13 years, you know, not fulfilling my potential and not fulfilling my purpose, you know, so that I can retire at 60, then what? I mean, what if, you know, what if I die before that? I mean, right. you know, it's, it's like, just do what you feel like is, you know, do what you feel like your purpose here is, do, is to do and do it at the very best of your ability. And don't be, look, you know, financial, I think financial destruction is overrated. It's not that bad. You know, I mean, to, to see, to see your assets dwindle down very, very low, you know, back to where they were, you know, maybe lower than they've been in 20 years, who cares? You can make it back, you know, do, do what you love. You know, so many people, they don't do things because they're afraid of the financial impact, you know, and, and it's just, you'll be rewarded. I mean, that's what I've seen for the advisors that came into the industry when I was there. It's what I see with, with people that I work with now. Uh, it's what I've seen in my own life. You know, don't be afraid. Just, you know, do what you feel called to do. Do what your purpose is. And like you said, have a plan. I love the idea of a side hustle. Just as a financial advisor, uh, your compliance person is not going to like it. Well, so how do we how do we find purpose then? We're talking a lot about purpose. Like, what are some ways? What exercises can be done to to think through purpose? And because that's always a, that's always one of those challenging things. Is like, what? Well, I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I like to do. I'm not sure what my purpose is. And do I want to do that to create an income to be able to support myself? You know, that's always the, a lot of balls in the air on that. Yeah. For, for years, I was really unclear on my purpose. I mean, very unclear. And I was, uh, I was, I was in a, a large gathering with this, you know, with this uh, teacher, this older gentleman teaching and he gave a lecture and then he opened it up for questions and a guy walked to the mic and said, um, Swamiji, uh, how do we know our purpose? And this old, this old yogi just started laughing. And he laughed and he laughed and he said, uh, your purpose is very simple. Your purpose is to have fun and serve others. And Brian, when he said that, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my God, of course. I mean, that's why we're here is, I mean, we're supposed to have fun and we're supposed to serve others. I mean, it's just what Zig said. You can get anything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. That's serving others. So have fun and serve others. And, and that became my purpose. And so instead of me waking up every day worried about this or worried about that or thinking about all these things, I just thought about, you know what, today I'm going to have fun. I'm going to serve the world. You know, I'm going to serve everyone that I come in contact with. And, and that my, my purpose was that simple for, for, for a couple of years. And then it became more and more defined for who I am, mm -hmm. you know, and what I'm doing. And it started revealing itself. But I think the foundational piece for most of us, if we just wake up, and we just focus on having fun while serving others Then the specific way that we're best adapted to serve the world will become more and more clear to us. That's pretty profound. That's a, 
No, it was, it was for me. Man. It was. <laughs> but it would have been cool to be in that room because I'm sure that, that even when you, when you just said it, I was like, yeah, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. I mean, we, you know, I thought that the heavens were going to open up and angels were going to come down. They were going to bestow this special purpose on me, you know, and literally my life changed whenever I just focused every day, have fun, serve others, have fun, serve others. And, and look, I mean, you know, as well as I do is that, you know, if you're a, whether you're a golf pro or, a, a, a you know, tech sales, financial services, sales, life coach, nurse, doctor, it doesn't matter what you do. You know, if you've got a thousand people over here in those careers and they're not having fun and they're not focusing on serving others, and then you've got another thousand people and that's, you know, doing the exact same things, but those people are focusing every single day on having fun and serving the world, which group would you rather do business with? You know, which group would you rather be around? Which group is going to be more successful all overall than the other group? And so whenever, you know, regardless of what you're doing, if you're having fun and you're focusing on serving others, you will be more successful than if you're unclear on, you know, look, I'm supposed to serve and I'm not having very much fun. You know, this sucks and I'm complaining and, you know, and in that, you know, kind of the victim role. So that takes us out of victim role, you know, having fun serving. You're not, you're not playing a victim. You're playing a victor and that changes everything. Well, one of the uh, one of my mentors, you know, he says, uh, I think, as wisely says, is you know, who you are is what you do. It's not what you do; it becomes who you are. Because that's what that's how it, that's how it was for me, growing up. Right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go do this job, and then that's who I am. I be, you know, I, I was a PJ professional. I used to teach golf. I became the golf guy. You know, I be you start becoming. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. What do I want inside? Who am I as a person? And then let's reflect that and do whatever I want to do to give back, to serve the world. You know, yeah. I, I think we, I think we have, and it's, it's like a self-limiting belief. Like it's part of childhood. We get these, these society norms that we're given that this is how life should be. Go work a job. And that becomes the thing. And it's so wrong. It's so wrong. I mean, and, and that's why that, you know, that's why we have to break out of that past programming. I mean, you know, we are where we are because of our past programming you know, our present pain and our future fears, you know, whenever you break those chains of, of, of the past, you know, and you break out of the pain and you, you know, you, you, you transform, you know, fear into faith, everything changes, you know, and, and uh, Dispenza says, you know, if you want to change your personal reality, you have to change your personality, you know, and the way we change our personality is, you know, is by changing our thoughts, changing our our feelings, changing our actions and changing our words. And all of a sudden you're transformed and you're a completely different person than you were, you know, six months ago, whenever you were, you know, living with those disempowering thoughts, the harmful feelings, the, the inconsistent actions and, and those limiting weak language patterns that were holding you back. So, you know, we have to break, we have to break out of past programming, yeah. you know, and, and we're, it's everywhere. I mean, the programming's everywhere and that's part of lifting the veil is, you know, recognizing, oh, that's, you know, who says so? You know, what do they want? What's their angle? You know, why are they telling us that? You know, and a lot of people, you know, our parents, the programming they gave us was mainly out of fear. You know, they wanted what was best for us, yeah. you know, because they were afraid. Well, you know, we've, we've we got to break through that. What are some things that you do? Because obviously now you're, you're running this, you know, coaching, consulting business, obviously, 
working with a, a lot of folks on helping them, right, and trying to serve them. But what are some things when you get into maybe moments of despair or you you, know, you get that anxiety creeps up, those type of things, are there any um, you know, systems you put in place, practices that help you overcome that or at least keep you in check? Anything that you're doing that's been helpful? Yeah, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm grateful, so grateful to say that, that I haven't had a lot of that uh, for a few years. I mean, it doesn't mean that it hasn't come here and there, but it's, it's almost nowhere, like it's nowhere where it used to be, and it is very rare. And, and so several things. One, I would tell you, it's one of the most important things I've done is I haven't missed a day of meditation or yoga since uh, July of 2018. I mean, every single day, every single morning, you know, nonstop. And, you know, meditation is such an amazing, uh, scientifically proven uh, positive ritual for us to have because it, it, for me, it's really the practice of finding the present moment. And whenever we find the present moment, we connect to that present moment, you know, then everything else drops away. And then in that meditation, whenever we elevate our emotions and practice visualization, so that would be the second one, I would say meditation and then visualization on a daily basis. Because whenever we visualize the, the, the human being that we want to be, then what you're doing there, it's really what uh, neuroscientists call self-directed neuroplasticity, which is the discovery that we direct the formation of new neural pathways and the destruction, the destruction of old neural pathways through the quality of the experiences that we create. And it doesn't matter if those experiences actually happen to us or we imagine them. So whenever I go in and I imagine living an epic life, whenever I imagine feeling abundant and love and grace and, and happiness and joy and fulfillment and wholeness, whenever I picture that every single morning and I elevate my emotions to that, then that's releasing those happy chemicals and it's having a positive effect on my brain and body. And the fact of doing that every single day now, you know, for, for two and a half years, I mean, it's like the, my episodes of fear and my episodes of anxiety are just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. Um, and that's what I share with all of my clients is, look, you know, you can, you can rewire those neural pathways of anxiety and stress and fear simply by seeing and feeling, seeing and feeling the life that you want, the person that you want to be. And so what you're doing is you're creating a new brain and you're creating a new body. So daily meditation, daily visualization. I mean, if I could only say two things, you know, what are the top two things that someone could do to relieve stress, relieve anxiety, destroy fear? Those are the two things I would tell you to do. Is there a certain like time that you found works for you from a meditation or visualization standpoint? Is it different every day or? No, for, for me, I, I wake up at 449 every day. Um, you know, and, and I mean, some days I wake up earlier than that. That's what time the, uh, the opportunity clock goes off. And by five o'clock, I'm, I'm on my mat. Uh, so from five to about 620, 630, you know, that's my yoga. That's my meditation. That's my visualization. Um, and, and for me, that's what works best. Um, there's something magical for me about waking up before the sun comes up um, and just, you know, and, and, and getting that fresh start. Um, 
And and look, let me let me make make a confession. I haven't done an hour and a half of yoga and meditation every single day since July of 2018, um, but I have I have meditated and done yoga every single day. So you know, look, there have been days where you know I had a six o'clock flight, so you know it's a 10 minute abbreviated version. I think to to and you can start with a five minute version, a 10 minute version. It doesn't have to be an hour, hour and a half. Um, it can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. It can be two minutes. Just the daily consistency of doing it, though, because what's happening is let's say that this is a 10 for you as far as on the scale of happiness. Here's a 10. Here's a one. If you're coming in here and you're, you know, let's say your average is a six and a half. OK, if every single day you spike that six and a half up to a nine or a 10 first thing in the morning by feeling the gratitude, feeling the joy, feeling the love, feeling the wholeness. Then after, after a few weeks of doing that, what starts happening to your six and a half average by default starts going up. And so you're, you're really, you're bringing your average happiness factor, if you will, up by every single day going in and experiencing those emotions of happiness, of wholeness, of fullness, of gratitude, of joy, of love. And so, you know, most people, you know, they wake up and they're rushed and, and you know, and, and they're on the news or the, the social media or whatever. And that's not, you know, I mean, that's, that's taking you from a six and a half down to a four. You know, that's going in the wrong direction. So every single day to elevate your emotions, to find that beautiful present moment, to spike your happiness, your joy, your love up to a nine, up to a 10. And what starts to happen is, is your average starts going up, going up, going up. And the cool thing that I'm finding with that is, is that let's say there's a delta between your normal happiness, you know, your high highs and your low lows. Well, as you take that six and a half up, and what's happening is the highs become higher and the lows become higher. So you're not experiencing the same lows that you used to. Again, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm experiencing. And, and let me be clear. I don't, I, you know, I'm not some guy that's always, you know, that, that life's always been great. I mean, in 2014, I had an absolute breakdown, you know, and, and, you know, called the uh, former spouse and said, Hey, come get the kids and the dogs. And I don't know when I can take them back. You know, and for a few days, it was just total ugliness, you know, and, 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 and darkness and fear and, and, and just, I mean, it was, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, that life is always happy, but I'm saying that since, you know, since that time, you know, and, and especially over the last two and a half years, since I've gotten the daily consistency, my life has totally changed. Yeah. The, the consistency seems to be the most important. It's, it's putting those habits into play, positive habits. And weeding out because eventually if you put enough positive habits, there's only so much time you can't have the negative stuff creep in. Those start getting eliminated from your life. As you're saying, it's kind of putting, you know, it's putting positive thoughts in. Well, that's going to fill up the jar in a, in a little different way than it maybe was before. I could be a testament to that. It was the same way, like, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, like very complacent, very, you know, a lot of not always negativity, but just a lot of complaining, a lot of like, you know, what was me type stuff. And when I finally clicked out of that and started to get a better perspective on life and the positivity and optimism that I had some of the time really shine through, it's just amazing when you start putting that into play more and more, you know, it just, it just sticks. I mean, you know, I mean, point two that, that I learned from Zig, we become what we think about. So if yeah. we become what we think about, 
and we're thinking more positive thoughts and by default we're thinking fewer negative thoughts yeah. you know and that that's really where the power of a vision comes in because a vision is you know is what drives us and reminds us of who we want to be so whenever you're focusing on the vision you're not thinking about the negativity whenever you're focused on your your purpose you know of having fun serving others you're not thinking about the negativity you're not thinking about the scarcity you're not living in the fear so it's just you know if we increase the percentage of thoughts on what we want then by default we're decreasing the percentage of thoughts on things that we don't want yeah. all right chuck here we go I want to ask you this question to end on. So you got your, you got your post-it note ready. Um, post-it note, go back. I want you to go back to your teenage self and, or maybe it's even sharing to your teenage, you know, sons. What one impactful piece of advice would you share to help them on their journey? Maybe they put it on their computer, they're looking at it each day. What would be something that you'd share with them or your younger self to be able to get along a little bit quicker, a little bit easier maybe a little bit more thoughtful um, on their journey. You know, I, I, for, I would tell them and I would tell myself, you're worthy. You know, you're exactly where you should be and you're just fine. Um, you know, I, I've, I've seen it in, in almost everyone that I know, and especially the, the man in the mirror is, you know, just this feeling of not being good enough and not being worthy and not being whole and, and you know, and, and questioning um, and once, you know, once I really tapped into the fact that, you know, that that divinity lives within each of us and that's who we really are, it's not this, you know, it's not this outer shell, it's not the body, it's not the things that I have, it's not the things that I've lost, it's not the money I've made, it's not the money I've lost. Who I am is something more special on the inside. And whenever we tap into that internal divinity, you know, that's where the feeling of abundance, that's where the feeling of wholeness really comes from. And that's what I would tell myself is you're exactly where you need to be. You're, you know, you're beautiful, you're whole and everything. Your life is going to be just fine, bumps and all. And maybe that's the starting point. You know, if, if you can get to that point present day where you're, you feel worthy that you're good enough, that's when you can start to be open to discovering your purpose. That's where you can be open to taking those leaps because you believe in yourself. You know, it's amazing. Maybe that's that, maybe that's ground, ground level, you know, to get started. I would agree with that. I think, I think you summarized it perfectly. That's exactly where it starts. Yeah. So where can everyone find you online? Where's the best way to connect? Yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm on social media, Chuck Downs, Jr. Chuck Downs, Jr., um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and then I've got a website that's downsconsulting.com. And, uh, then I've got a, uh, I've got a course, an online course. It's a five week course that helps people avoid the big mistake of playing life too small. And they can find that course at epiclifesecrets.com. Awesome. Chuck, this was super fun. Um, I know we went on a few tangents. This is a really good discussion. Um, love having these types of conversations and uh, certainly grateful for you sharing, uh, sharing your journey a little bit and some of the insights you've learned along the way. Yeah, Brian, thanks for the opportunity to share with, with you and your listeners. It's an honor and I uh, really enjoyed this. You're, uh, you're a lot of fun to, to uh, th- t- toss the ball back and forth to. So thank you for the opportunity. It's an honor. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by the Just Get Started podcast. Uh, Grateful to have you here. And if I could just make one quick ask before you run along on your day, 
You know, I've grown this podcast organically over the last three plus years, and it's from the great listeners that pick up, you know, a quote or a key learning or just enjoy the entertainment of the podcast and they share it out to their audience. They leave a review on Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Um, And I'd ask that for you as well. If you've made it to this point and are listening in, um, a lot of the podcast uh, platforms that you listen on have a share button right there where you can share it out to your audience on various platforms. So I would be so appreciative if you wouldn't mind taking a quick second to do that um, if you really enjoyed this episode. So thanks again. Um, happy to connect online. I always love to meet new people. So if you want to go to my website, brianondraco.com, or connect with me, I'm at brianondraco, basically everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, even Clubhouse, that new app that's out there, uh, you name it. So uh, follow me online and uh, certainly look forward to connecting further. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.